What's up, everybody? Joe Steve here, Rad Parenting, sitting across from my co-host. Anaya Bogue. It is raining here in Los Angeles. It is really raining. It is raining in our studio so hard that I have set up, it's like um, <laughs> the Clampets. Remember uh, Beverly, Hill, Beverly Hillbillies? Yes, I do. I have pots all around the studio <laughs> because when we built the studio, if you were following the show, we used to do the show in Hollywood, and then we moved over here to Glendale, California, where we did the show in my living room for a while. While we were having the studio built. Exactly. Uh-huh. And the last thing that the... Um, uh, construction guy said to me, hey man, you're going to need a roof at a certain point. And I said, no, I won't. It never rains. And he (laughs) was right and I was wrong. (laughs) Hence, we have a bunch of pots. So if you hear, ding, it sounds like a a penny arcade where like you used to shoot the pellet gun. If you hear little um, like dings, that is because we have one, two, three, four pots Soaking up the so water far. here in California. And I'm going to get a new roof. That's, that's what we got that's, that's where we're at. So help us at Rad Parenting <laughs> by donating <laughs> Donations. five grand Joe's so that we can get the new roof. roof. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's great to be back in the studio with uh, Anea. And I think this is one of the first episodes that we can vocalize thanking everyone for uh, making Rad Parenting the number one kids and family podcast in the month of March. Brilliant. Amazing. Yes. Uh, we were both on the road when that took place, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that when I reached out to you and I, you and I were both so surprised that that happened. And we got to give a shout out to the people at iTunes for making us uh, the f- we were we were featured on the banner. And I know a lot of people right now are like, "That's how I found out about your podcast because yeah. we doubled in size." Just so you guys can know, what does that mean if you get featured on the front page of iTunes? We doubled in size, so we have a lot of new people listening to the show. We want to welcome you to the Rad Parenting community, and thank you so much for spending time with us. Any of the questions you ever have about the show, all you got to do is email us at radparenting at gmail.com. That's how a lot of the topics for the show are driven. And also, if you want to totally stoke us out, yes, I did say totally stoke us out. (laughs) Keep a review going at iTunes. Write a review. It takes about five seconds. You go to iTunes, go on the page. We're up to close to 200 reviews. And what I'm going to do right now is whoever it is that writes that 210th review, Mm -hmm. that means 10 reviews when you hear this, we are going to send you Anaya's book, Nine Ways That We're Screwing Up Our Girls and How We Can Stop. She will sign it. And you will be the winner. All you got to do, uh, all, how do I pick that out again? Oh, you will take a photo of the review that you wrote and send it to radparenting at gmail.com and we will send you the book. Nice. We also sent some books out last week from the revisited episode we did, Big Emotions, Small Minds. Mm, nice. I like that. That nice. was a good episode. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to dive into this episode right now with Anaya's experience that... <laughs> Basically, you just ran by me, and I was like, wow, that's a show idea right now. I have done that. I am guilty of that. Roll an A. Okay, yeah, and this is funny because the as it was happening, I was like had this out of body experience where I was like already taking notes in my imaginary notebook, like this is going to be an episode. Uh, so it was it, it it happened just the other day. Uh, I, as I've you know shared before, I'm I'm in the midst of a divorce, but we actually had you know a really great few days where we were co-parenting together. We went up to Mammoth and blah blah blah. Anyway, um, we passed a Lutheran church, and my nine year old was sitting in the back seat, and she said. Uh, what is 
a Lutheran church. What does Lutheran mean? And so I gave her, and you know, I'm I'm a history person, I'm a history English major, and so I quickly ran down for her, like, well, you know, it is a denomination of Christianity. Once upon a time, Catholicism dominated. There was this, uh, you know, Catholic monk priest named Martin Luther, not to be confused with Martin Luther King. He had some beef with some of the ways that the Catholics were doing their thing, and so he posted these 95 theses and ultimately created a religion that had a slightly different take, right? A, a new denomination of Christianity that had a, a slightly different take. Can I tell you right now, you yeah. just totally opened my eyes to Lutheran Church right there. Thank you okay. for the answer. Wow. So I, I love that he had a beef too. I love that he yeah. used the word. It's almost like drunk, <laughs> you almost did drunk history. Have you ever watched drunk history? No. Oh my gosh. Do I need to? Drunk history is the best. It's on okay. Comedy Central and they take a comic and they fill him full of booze and then they have to describe some historical event, but they're wasted. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's super funny because they, but the, a lot of times they nail the description of yeah. this great historical event, but right. they're boozed up. So yeah. it's like, you know, and then Napoleon was just bombed, dude, yeah. because, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. So that description you gave for the question that your daughter answered, mm -hmm. that was thorough. Right. I liked it. Okay. And, and the key is that mm -hmm. it was information-based. Like it was just here, here, here are the facts. Okay. Then her dad dropped in his two or five cents, and it was clearly charged with some of his own feelings about religion. And um, and and I, in that moment, went, oh, my gosh. Like, the, we just did – like, I just did PBS, and he just did Fox News. And for those <laughs> of you who are watching Fox News, sorry, but the, sort of the cat's out of the bag. People are leaving saying, like, this is, you know – there, there, there's way too much bias in this, and and the that's truth is that's what you're saying about your husband's yeah. answer. Yeah. Instead of sticking to the facts. Yep. And, it was and supercharged I, with his own with with his opinion and yeah. his idea of Lutheran Church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This show isn't about the Lutheran Church. No. Nope. But I will say this right now: when you told me that story about 30 minutes ago, when we were going mm -hmm. over all rad parenting business mm -hmm. and ideas and concepts for show, it hit me so hard because I had to be honest and go. I have done that. Not with the Lutheran church, yep. but so many examples. I'll throw out music. Mm -hmm. Anyone that listens to this show knows, huge music fan. It's been my backbone. It's, it's made me who I am today. When my son or my daughter starts asking questions about music, their ideas, their thoughts, I have fully answered them biasly with my opinions. Mm -hmm. uh, and what led me into doing this episode was, how do we avoid that, Anea? With hot topics like mm -hmm. religion, mm -hmm. politics, mm -hmm. music, mm -hmm. even uh, different places in the world. Dad, mom, I think I want to go to New York and go to college. Oh, my God. You never want to go there. The winters are terrible and the people are rude. Yes. D does that make us, your son or daughter grow up thinking all New Yorkers are rude? Or, or even taking potentially, it to, or even taking it down to food. Yeah. Um, taking it down. Oh, you can't eat that. Right. Why? Oh, that'll upset your stomach. Well, I've never tried it. I'm just telling you right yeah. now. Yeah, it upsets well, my stomach, so I bet you it'll upset your there stomach. There you go. Right. And that's the crux of it um, is, is and we've said this before on the show, it is essential that we recognize that our kids are not extensions of us. It may feel like that sometimes. Um, certainly they've come through us, but they are separate humans with their own thoughts and emotions. And when we put our stuff, our experiences, our fears—that's a really a, a, that's a big one. Um, our, you know, whatever on on them, then a we've saddled them with something that is not their own, um, and we've not given them the opportunity and the space to figure out their own experience and version of that 
experience or reality. And, and so it's really important. The, the reality is as humans, we're going to do it. We are go our bias is always going to be in there somewhere. Our experience is always going to be somewhere in there. Um, but if we, if we are committed to saying the, the, the thoughts, the opinions, the values that my kid has, I want to be authentic in order for them to be authentic or sincere. If we put it that way, they have to be able to come to them on their own, which does not mean we don't teach them anything. We just go, well, good luck. You know, we'll be here to put some food on the table, but you go figure out what your thoughts and feelings and values are. But there's a difference. Like that's the other extreme. We want to give them information. We maybe even want to qualify when we do recognize that we've got a whole bunch of our own stuff in, in the response. That's my opinion. Or that's based on my belief or my experience. And that's something you're going to need to figure out for yourself to figure out what your thoughts and feelings are around that. And it's really difficult, especially when it comes to supercharged topics that we have big feelings about, often because our own parents did this to us. And we're like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know why I'm Catholic or I don't know why I'm a Republican or a Democrat or whatever. Like, that, that's, that's just what I am. Have we ever gone through the process of really thinking about why we hold those opinions and values and how do we teach our kids to actually use their own brains and their own experience to form genuine perspectives and opinions and values if we are just handing them ours? Yeah. And, and, and you're not allowing your uh, children at that point to develop their own opinions. Now, yes. the, the, the first thing that you, you brought up, like Democrat and Republican, mm -hmm. right now, heated. Mm -hmm. It is heated. Yes. And I heard um, uh, a friend's mother say to her son, well, he's a Republican. He's bad. Mm. And, I, and at that moment, and I, and I get in, hey, for the people listening to the show, you know, right now, it, it's, there's a division. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. But the first thing that went through my mind was, well, hey, um, is he a bad person because of his thoughts and ideas outside of uh, the Republican uh, st uh, stamp, mm -hmm. or is he truly a bad person? Mm -hmm. And instead of explaining, hey, this uh, Republican, uh, a Republican person has these type of beliefs and these type of ideas, it wasn't even explained that. It was just right to he's a bad person, which yeah. made me realize at that moment, that right there is where I feel perpetuates fear in our kids. And I can tell you, um, I've done it, you know, uh, with my son, we, we go surfing and I always use the surfing analogy, but, but with him, my biggest fear as a surfer is getting stuck in a rip, getting pulled out too far. And then all of a sudden you're in too big a surf or you haven't checked out the, uh, conditions and you're, you're in over your head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the chances of that happening, you know, when you go surfing, it, it, it's slim to none because you take a few minutes and you see who's in the water and my son will do that. Okay, cool. I can handle that surf. Watches the sets. Okay, cool. That was a big set. I was, okay, I'm in there. But I started to put on him this fear of the water a little bit. And, and, and at a certain point I had to stop because I realized he doesn't have that fear. Mm -hmm. He knows how to surf. He knows how to get out of a rip. I've taught him, hey, man, you get in a rip tide. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You swim to the left. You swim to the right. Dad, I got it. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten <laughs> stuck in a rip. Yeah. And he swam to the left. He swam to the right. And he came in. Yeah. Me on shore, freaking out. Me in the water, freaking out. And all of a sudden, my wife had to say to me, Joe, you're putting that fear on him. Yes. You've already taught him how to get out of it. You stuck, you stuck to the facts. Yep. Here's the deal. You're going to go in the water. There's a yep. current left, right. Yep. You made that clear. But now, 
you're talking about it so much, it's going to put a fear into him, which will keep him out of the water. Well, and or put him into the minute he hits the, like, this is, this is a perfect, perfect analogy. Because if you have given him the information, which you had. I gave him the information. If this happens, here's what to do. Exactly. Then chances are when he, ha when he if that happens, and apparently it has. It already has. He will tap into that information and he will do the right thing and already get has. himself to safety. Right. There we go. On the other hand, having that peppered with fear, your fear, dad's fear, could actually be the thing that paralyzes him in that moment so that he can't access that information to do the right thing to keep himself safe. Wow. So that is a perfect example of why it is essential that we um, give our kids information. Of course, we want to keep them safe, but there is a difference between saying, if you don't look both ways before you cross the road, then what could happen is you won't see a car coming. Like I always tell my daughter, if you're crossing the road, even if it's your right of way, make sure you make eye contact with the driver so that you know that he or she has seen you and that it's actually safe to cross. Don't assume that just because the little walk sign has come up that you can just barrel out and assume that the driver's going to have seen you. Um, if I were like, just, it's just too dangerous to cross the road. You're, you know, things happen, bad things happen to kids. Just last week, a little girl your age got hit by a car, blah, blah, blah. She is not, she, I have put all of that fear on her and she is now probably not going to be as well equipped to make a decision and keep a clear mind and do the right thing to keep herself safe in that moment. And so that, you know, for that reason alone, it is a basic safety reason. And then beyond that, when we're talking about some of these other examples like politics or religion or, you know, whatever, various other issues that we have, even music, to your point that we have big feelings about, we are literally cutting our kids off from their own access to their own inner wisdom and truth and, and autonomy as a human being. And, 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 and the thing that's really damaging, and we're going to do a whole other show on this part, but is because it's so important to every child to have their parents' uh, affirmation and acceptance and unconditional love, we can start to get into like really mucky waters there where our kids will deny their own sense of truth to take on their parents' sense of reality or truth. And, and then we have this disconnect. We're pulling them away from themselves and, and having them be this sort of like a, a, a false version of themselves to please us instead of being the truest version of themselves that they can be full in the world. Wow. With that said, Whew. I want to take a quick break. That was amazing what you just said right there because I think a lot of our listeners, and I know right now while I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, with my own parents, I definitely took that road sometimes. And I have also uh, driven my own kids on that road that you just mentioned right there. You're listening to Rad Parenting with Anaya Bogue and Joe Sib. We're going to take a break from our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Rad Parenting. Joe Sib here sitting with Anaya Bogue. In a very wintry day, uh, what is it? Uh, gosh, have we started spring break yet? Uh, well, my daughter's on spring break this week. Okay, but it is the official first day of spring, I think. Uh, it was the official first day of spring like two days ago on the 20th. And it's raining right now. And it is pouring in LA, which pouring. is so rare for us. Pouring, pouring, pouring. Uh, everything that you just mentioned before that break, I, I feel, and I think I can put it into to words. That's one of the things when I do this show. I'm like, I don't want to throw in your nose. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any of that. What I want, to, I want to be really clear what I'm about to say. Tell me if this makes sense. Okay. If we 
Give our kids answers to questions in your example about the Lutheran church or someone about the political Republican or Democrat or even music in my case or anything like that. And if they're big emotions that we have attached to them, but we don't give them the core answer of like, this is what it is. Like your answer about the Lutheran church, that was great. That was very, it was facts. It was historical. It was just meat and potatoes. It was awesome. Do we run the risk of fears and our children growing up with fears that we've had in our lives uh, and just continuing the circle. Does that make sense? Just yes. right now, it seems like there's such an awakening that's going on in the world of let's stop the craziness. Let's yep. stop why people have these feelings about different people or why people are scared of people from this place or that's right. why people are scared of, of, of this particular thing happening. It, could it all go back to the core of hey, let's stop the fear of these big emotions and these big feelings when we explain to our children a question they ask us and just give them the core answer mm -hmm. and let them, if they want to come to us and ask more questions, obvious. And I'm not talking about things that are life-threatening. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, mom, dad, so like I want to try cocaine. What do you think? Like, obviously, you're going to have a different answer for that. But when you're talking about these ideas that shape our values, who we are as a person, who we are as people, mm -hmm. how we want to have our interaction with our own parents, our own kids. It feels like it's a slippery slope if you start putting in additives and extra ingredients to the questions our kids are asking us. Does uh, that make sense what I said? It, it, it does, yeah. And I think that you know the thing I want to pull out from there, because it was sort of your initial reaction when we were talking about this through, is you were like, oh my gosh, is this the way that we perpetuate negative stereotypes and, exactly. and, and and racism and sexism and like all of these things that are not based on our child's individual experience in the world, but in fact have been put on them. Like it's like a prepackaged reality. Like here's the deal. Don't bother going out and experiencing for yourself on your own individual path. Here, let me just give you mine. I have to interrupt for two seconds. Yeah. You nailed exactly what I was thinking. Obviously, oh, when you throw out the word racism and sexism, I, I didn't want to put your situation and bring yeah. it right to there, but that was what went through my head. I'm like, yeah. wow, maybe that's just how every... Like, I don't know why I feel that way about people. Well, maybe because your parents told you that. That's oh, right. That's right. I never met a gay yes. person. My mom and dad told me not to talk to them. Right. Transgender people scare me. Why? Because my dad says this. Oh, okay. Right. Like, and so after a bunch of therapy, we actually go oh my gosh, that's not even how I actually feel. I've been carrying around this prepackaged reality that I either unknowingly took on because I was really little and just like my parents were keeping me alive, or I had this desire to want to please and be in sync with my family because that's you know where I felt safe and I wanted them to look at me and, and be happy and, and whatever, whatever. Um, and so I've taken on a value system that actually isn't even my own. And, 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 and let me just tell you without getting, you know, too, too deep on this, but the reality is that that is what will absolutely set a, a, an adult up for years of therapy, trying to find like, who are, who am I? Who am I? And to me, it's like, you know, taking it, and I don't even think this is taking it to the extreme. I personally believe that while there are certainly examples of, you know, depression as a result of a chemical imbalance in the brain, I think that the staggering incidence of depression and anxiety that we are seeing among children and adults alike um, has to do with a fundamental 
denial or disconnect from ourselves, our truest selves that we come into the world with because we've taken on so much other crud and the stuff that is most potent is the crud that we get from our parents, A, because we don't have the same filter until we're adolescents and then we're trying to push back on everything they tell us. But as children, we're just like, it's flowing, it's just open. We're just like receiving everything that they're throwing at us and we lose touch with ourselves feeling like, you know, because we're becoming a, a, a version of ourselves that is meant to really be an extension of our parents and not actually becoming our own whole selves. And I think you brought up a great point that the ego-driven parenting that all of us have done before mm-hmm. is there is a point that everyone thinks, I want my son or daughter to be like me. I want them because mm-hmm. I'm so great. And, and, and It's if, affirming. And if you're not thinking that right now, then you know, I, you're way better than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with that said, what I have always said, I always want, I want my son and daughter to be a hundred percent different than me. I want them to challenge me on what, what I feel it may be important or what mm-hmm. I don't feel is important. Mm-hmm. And I feel now that they're both in adolescence, we're having those conversations mm-hmm. where I might have a feeling about this. I might have a feeling about that. And then they say to me, dad, did you, you know, this is, this is what I know about that. Wow. And because you can sh- you can push the ego down and go yeah you know what you're living it you're out on the front lines mm-hmm. right now so if you're telling me a b and c is happening and i haven't thought about it that way right i can i can digest what you just told me and as a human being all of a sudden come up with a new feeling a new answer towards that right. question or that idea that i had in my head yes now i think the real question for the listeners and for what you and i go through every single day is i got to ask you how do you separate those emotions and those feelings that you have attached to certain topics. Because honestly, Anais, sometimes someone might, you know, my son or daughter will ask me a question and before I know it, I'm giving them an answer and Mm -hmm. I think I'm giving them the great answer, but it is peppered with my own uh, connection and relationship with that topic. Yep. Okay. My own ideas. How do you do that? This may sound oversimplified, but honestly, this would be a huge step in the right direction if there's just one thing that we commit to doing as parents. And that is... In my experience, blah, 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 blah. Because in that moment- You're saying start the answer that way. Yes, start your response that way. So if it's any kind of charge, so always, always, just as a rule of thumb, when your child is in the backseat of the car or at the dinner table or hollering at you through the bathroom door, whatever, you know, mom, what about blah, blah, blah. Always, just, just as a rule of thumb, take a beat first. Digest the question check in with yourself and then answer. Because if you are aware that you have been asked a question about something, and we can usually feel it in our bodies, if it's got charged. I feel it in my chest. Right, okay, so if you feel that hit in your body, like, uh uh-oh, I'm having, like I can feel my body reacting to this question, chances are you've got some stuff connected to that topic that you've just been asked about, that you're going, absolutely, it's going to demand a, well, based on my experience, blah, 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 blah. And then the, the, the closer is, I would encourage you to like ask, 
other people questions about that, take, in your, take into account your own experience, do some more research on that because I want you to have your own opinion on that particular subject. That to me, although is a super ideal and we're not always going to get it right, if we can do that even 50% of the time, it is such powerful modeling. It will affirm to our child that he or she is an individual in their own right, that we support them having their own thoughts, feelings, expressions, values, et cetera, et cetera, um, and that we're not viewing them as an extension of ourselves who you know, there's even identity stuff in there, like where if we don't give them the ability to do the work of figuring out who they are and just taking on what we think they should be, they are also going to do that in their, in their personal relationships with other authorities in there. I've, I've said this over and over again, that our kids in their home are in practice, in practice ground. So if you say, I want an obedient child, well, then you better be ready. If you want them to be obedient with you, that what you're teaching them is they need to be obedient with every single authority figure in their lives. And we might want to stop and think about how many of the authority figures in their lives we actually want them to just be soaking up information without having some sort of critical filter of like, does this make sense to me? How does this resonate with my sense of what's right and wrong? How does this feel in my body? We want to give them opportunities to practice using that approach to getting information from the world and forming our own values um, in the safety of our home so that they'll go out in the world and do the same thing. Wow, when you lay it out there like that, it makes so much sense. Does it really? But it's, it, it does. I'm, I'm glad. It, I'm, if it does, I'm glad because sometimes I'm like, wow, this is a lot to be dropping on a rad parenting episode. No, no, but it, it makes sense. I'm sitting on the other side from you right yeah. now and everything you're saying makes 100% sense. And I can also understand now when and where I've made those those conversations with uh, with with my son or my daughter where I have sprinkled in my own opinions uh, and also, you know, I'm also sitting on the other side, and this is a, uh, something to share with everyone listening right now, is that, you know, now that I have uh, a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old, I can see some of the sprinkling in effect. Mm -hmm. I can see... As they become full-blown, yeah, you know, I'm a little human... Bit, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, mm -hmm. and definitely my son has picked up on that. Mm -hmm. Washes the hands a lot. Dad, I think I'm getting sick. I got a fever. You know, I'm yeah. the master. I think that's happening right now. What do I do? Yeah. You know, because he's grown up with a guy walking around going, don't, sh oh my gosh, you put that in your, you shake that your person's hand. Next thing you know, you're going to get sick. Yeah. You touch that, you're getting sick. Don't, you know, he's grown up with that where mm -hmm. I can see th that part of my personality and who I am going into his uh, personality. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's, it's, it's funny to see it right in front of your own eyes when, so I'm telling you right now, everyone listening to the show, if you've got the, the younger ones, this is an opportunity for yes. you maybe not to, you know, to give the real answer. Uh, I liked, I liked your, uh, your PBS answer. I like that. Right. And I say, and I, and I use PBS as an example because I just happened to be watching like a PBS newscast, uh, over the weekend. And I was like, oh my God, that's how I remember. Like once upon a time, I think that we did the news more that way, where it was like a, a you know, a, a journalist on a TV, like reading the facts and leaving it to the people to to piece that together and figure out how they feel about them, as opposed to like pre-digested information that is then presented with so much bias, but we still are thinking like, oh, we're getting the facts here and well, not even aware the, of all yeah, the bias. I always feel like they gave us the ingredients. It was up to you to what kind of meal that's right 
Absolutely. Oh my God. I love that. Yes. Give, we, it's our job to give our kids the, in, the ingredients and then trust them and allow them the time and space to go make the, the meal that they want that, that is, is most, is, is the truest reflection of who they are, what their personal tastes are, some of which they've come in with, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it's, it's super important. So it does not mean, I mean, just to be clear, we're not always going to get it right. We're human. Um, but to, to have some awareness around this particular aspect of parenting and that when we can feel that there's a whole bunch of our own experience and bias and judgment and whatever else mixed into our response to our kids, um, that we just call it out. And that alone will heighten their awareness to like, oh, okay, so this is mom or dad's thing. It doesn't have to be mine. They're just giving me information based on their experience. And at least there'll be a little bit of filtering there as a result. Love it. Love too that you brought in this whole idea and that you shared with us, Anaya, this moment on your spring break. And who, you're so much like me. I write down all the time when something happens around the house. That'll be a great episode. It's, it's either I'm writing that down, and now, with, with, at least with my kids, they're like, Dad, you can't have that on Rad Parenting, or they think I'm going to put it in my comedy. Like, Dad, right. is that going to be part of your show that I just did A, B, and C? And sometimes I have to go, yes. Yes, it is. Sorry. Because you just paid for the mortgage. There you go. Dad's jokes pay for that for you. Uh, hey, I want to thank everyone for listening to Rad Parenting. Once again, welcome all of our new listeners. Yeah. Take a second psyched. and uh, text us the word parenting to 313131. And that's another way to stay in touch with us. And a lot of times we'll send out the episodes early to that text number. And like I said, thank you so much for listening to Rad Parenting and welcoming all of our new listeners from all over the world. Uh, Keep those reviews coming. iTunes, uh, if you take a picture of your review that you do on iTunes and send it to radparenting at gmail.com, we'll pick another winner to give you Anaya's book. You've given away a lot of your books. And awesome. Yeah. That's okay. Is that I want, okay? I want, yes, I want people to have the information. I love it. And you'll sign it? I will. Awesome. All right, we're going to split. This is Rad Parenting. My name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bogue. We're out of here. Late. Late.